The following content has been provided by New St. Andrews College in Moscow, Idaho. For more information, visit us online at nsa.edu. What have you time again? I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And we meet again. We do. But we have a surprising update, which is that now, instead of having podcasts come out on Thursday or sometimes Friday, but mostly it was Thursday. Sometimes on the latter sometimes. day. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, a little AA bill of a classical illusion yes. there. Too um, uh, funny. But anyway, now it's going to be. Hopefully on Tuesdays. That's the new plan. Thus, Beck and I are meeting on a Monday. Yeah, so we'll see if we pull this out and it happens every Tuesday. But that's the idea now. Lord willing and the Holy Spirit doesn't edit us again. (laughs) And the creeks don't rise. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully it'll be Tuesdays. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so what have you been up to? Um, I've been up to, to survivaling. Mostly, I have a lot, of, a lot going on with that Bible reading thing, and I was just a lot going on with that project and with some other stuff. And then my husband was out of town for a couple of days this week with it being early in the I've school got that coming season. This week, yeah. yeah, and the school, like all new approach to life mm-hmm. with school. Yeah. Mostly, that's what I've been doing, just getting. Yeah. Oh, you know what happened? Remember, remember the day that we went to Goodwill and I bought that aqua sewing machine that was the coolest? Yes, yes. What Yesterday, happened? Hero wanted to sew a pencil bag. Oh. So we decided to dig that thing out and see how it right. worked. It is the best thing of all time. It is, it is such an awesome little machine. And it makes this like, well, I mean, this really beautiful little stitch that's just so even nice. and it sounds amazing. But it has no pedal on the floor the pedal is like stuck up inside the desk and you use your knee like what? kind of like the conveyor belt what of the grocery kind of store. nonsense is i know that? i know Never it's heard totally tell that. no it, and it i kept like groping around with my foot on the floor looking for the pedal and well, that so it is took so a fun. little bit of effort but it's fabulous I'm i have so that, excited i have that old singer one you know in, in the desk that was like the one oh yeah i got it i got it at a thrift store <laughs> so it's a satellite machine. It's not okay. my main one. It's one I bought. Uh-huh. But I did the same thing where I let Chloe sew on it. All uh-huh. like where I just opened yeah. that one up and was like, you go. You just... And she had such a good time on it. I know. It it's fun. totally cool. It's Until really Until I believe she broke the needle in something and mm-hmm. I haven't Well, it's it. just really awesome. I'm feeling really so, pleased about that little machine. I've been still weaving. And I've done a lot of crafting. I feel like you could write a... You could. Not that anyone would want to read it, but... You could write a book about the spiritual and life lessons learned in crafting. Like seriously, I think it is. I think it is Not like just crafting. I feel like gardening takes yes, you right there. Yes, yes, but it's because it's like as good as sports when you talk about things that are really good for people. You know, character building experiences. <laughs> like, like trying to get good at something. Yeah, is an is an amazing character building experience. Yeah, and it is really it's fun. But one of the things that has me feeling a little sketchy about life is my girls catching up with me 
Like, oh. like I have this floor loom, which feels complicated. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that complicated, but it is when you're when you're actually warping, when you're dressing the loom. It's all these steps that are like, yeah, sound like it's slaying the reed and beaming the warp yeah. and stuff, you know. And then Lena and Blair specifically were all up in the business. But Blair would just come strolling in, look at the weaving draft, which is like a... And Blair's what, eight? She's seven. Seven. There's a, a page with all these big, like, graph charts with, like... It looks like graph paper with, you know, all these different different heddles marked for mm-hmm. different threads. And, yeah. And she's, like, looking at it. She's like, no, Mom. No, Mom. You should be doing a 232 instead of a 141 because this is the light color. And you see how all the light colors are 232s and not 141s, Mom. <laughs> and I'm like, go away. <laughs> I don't want your 7-year-old input whether or not you're correct. Go. But she, I didn't funny. really send her away. I was impressed by this. I'm like, oh, my word. Blair and Lena are my two girls who are most, um, I would say driven to like let me look at the pattern let me figure this sure. out I, all of them like to do stuff but those are the two that have like some kind of a mm-hmm. but Lena keeps being like oh I just really need a loom and I'm like well what would you make on a loom and she was like just all the things mom but I need eight harnesses I have four she wants one with eight harnesses mm, that she spotted yeah. she's confident that she's getting ripped off that she does not have a floor loom already that's hilarious like, you're way ahead of me, way ahead of where I was when I was here. Oh, so. that's funny. Well, getting the sewing machine out yesterday, and here I went down into the basement and rummaged out some of my old fabrics that I had designed, you know, back in the day, and she pulled them all out, and I was looking at them again, and I hadn't really looked at them in a while, and I'm like, these are actually kind of festive. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> it's like for a pencil bag, it was really cute. That's <laughs> nice. So, anyway, she pulled out the little... I still have the quilt that I made out of your fabric. Oh, for the quilt show thing, not the quilt show. What was it called? But I missed it. It Market. I missed it. Um, I didn't have any baby girls. I sewed the adorable baby girl quilt, but I didn't have a baby girl to use it, so it's just been folded up. Right. Well, anyway, it got me back in the old sort of. Oh, I would love to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like, oh, I did like designing fabric, and I kind of would like to do some for my house. It wouldn't, like, when I was designing fabric before, hey, I'll it was... Hey, I'll let you borrow my loom. Oh, yeah. You can design I'll, and I'll weave, weave it. it up. That's... Well, <laughs> when I was doing it before, I was designing fabric for little girls' dresses was because I was doing yeah, clothing right. design for little girls, so that was what I had in mind when I was designing the fabric. And um, if I was going to be doing fabric for my house, it would not be the same. The same. But it's still really fun. It's, yeah. it's such a... It's sort of an itch that is mm-hmm. there that I would yeah. really love to do it again. But you're not done with that? I'm not done with that. I, my feeling about weaving is that I did not expect it to be. I was surprised by how different it is from other long-term crafts. So, like, knitting it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought it would be similar to that. Like, in the sense that you work a little bit on it, work a little bit on it. It's like, I just yeah. expected that I already knew this genre. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I knew mm-hmm. the genre of... Um, but it's like a whole other thing. And I think that weaving is mostly about anticipation. Like oh. I was like, it's mostly the pleasure of anticipating something. Sure. Because it never gives you a minute where you can see what's happening, really. Like yeah. you don't get, well, you Until can see you what's happening. But you go, 
it's every phase it's like I'm winding the warp and I'm like I think these colors will be really pretty but I just think they will and I'm waiting to see if they will be because you can't see until you're actually weaving on it sure. so you warp it and then you do the whole thing but every phase is like really fun when it's all threaded right and you're pulling and when it like yeah. when the heddles are working that's fun so you're like excited to get to weaving and then you start weaving and then you can't wait to see the next color but it's like winding it up on the beam yeah, so, so you, you can't see, see it, it all yeah. at one time. So you, it's like you're just like, I can't wait to get to the end of this so that I can mm -hmm. see it. Like, And then you have to wet finish it because okay. it's still not fabric until then. I have an idea of something that we were going to talk about something else. But, yeah, first, we, but first, this is what I'm wondering. I think that well, like we kind of sometimes reference these things obliquely. But there's people who listen to this who don't actually know us. There's out that and about. Problem. Sometimes that happens. Mm -hmm. So, I think you should talk about um, why weaving made me think of this. I'm not really sure. But I think you should talk about what you've done sort of business-wise. And oh. how, how and why you got into it. And then how and why you got out of it. Because both of us have kind of sort of parallel stories a little bit on right. our ventures into the world of making a paycheck. Right. And then like how do you how do you see that working in for a woman who wants her priority to be the home? Because we don't believe that a woman may never go and get a job. Like that's no. not something we think. And and I always wanna I just wanna throw this out here. Women, if you're a Christian woman, then Proverbs thirty one is for you. And I am very sick and tired of people having a bad attitude about the Proverbs thirty one <laughs> woman. I so agree. Because What's with that? Well, I think it is because of women who take the role of wife and mother seriously. And they're like, here's this biblical example. Yeah. And so they talk about it and they annoy people who do not like their style. And then yeah. people resent the Proverbs 31 woman. Uh -huh. And they resent Proverbs 31 <laughs> in a way that actually shouldn't ever happen with and you then, and the you scripture. You know what I've even seen? Though, and the holy word of God. The whole thing kicks off with who can find a virtuous woman. <sighs> and I've heard people be like, see, the whole point of this passage is you can't. And it's so stupid to one. think you could be a virtuous woman. there's nobody woman. like this. Yeah. Because even so Solomon just, couldn't I'm find just, one. I'm just, I'm just starting <laughs> this off on the foot of, say, embrace that. Don't think don't think you're too yeah. modern for that. And so I just wanted to open this with saying we are not opposed to the Proverbs 31 woman. We no. would admire her. And whether we think many people who do admire her are also dorks. Yes. <laughs> that may be the case, but it is still the word of God. And yeah. it is still, you know, it's like, and this you don't just, get to dismiss her no. because you don't like it. No, that's off the table. So anyways, I just needed to say that first. Um, one of the things, so obviously, that the Proverbs 31 woman is doing is not, she's considering fields and buying it, and she's mm -hmm. providing for her family in a lot of ways. Well, and, and she's taking her profits from her other business Yeah, and investing and it. Investing it in real estate. And then she's, and then she's very actively involved in charity work, and she's taking care of her whole household. Like, she's looking after... But it's also after... clear, it is also clear that when her children rise up and call her blessed, it's not because they're so happy that she got to fulfill her career dreams elsewhere. No, she's very clearly being such a faithful woman that things are overflowing in other right. places. So, so we have always, like, we grew up with this sort of notion that a woman's priority should be her home, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. her household, 
And of course, depending on what phase of life you're in, that looks totally different. Yeah. But then, um, whatever my, happens most of my childhood, it, not most, but a lot of my childhood, as soon as I was in school full time, mom was teaching. Yeah. But so, I just mean whatever happens outside of the household should be an overflow that blesses the household, not something that sucks away, away right. from the household or that pulls her right. somewhere so else. When Luke and I got married, I had been, I had already been out of college. So I was, I worked, I don't remember what all I was working. I've done a lot of things. I had coached volleyball. I had worked in an interior design store. I had volunteered at a crisis pregnancy center. Well, you've been doing like freelance design. Then I had started doing events, like event planning. And then I had expanded that into doing floral design because with the events, you know, Mm -hmm. like starting to get into that. Um, And then I got my wholesale license so that I could just order wholesale flowers and do flowers for weddings. And I was still catering um, events. I just was doing mostly events, but, but flowers, food, you know, like I would, I did a, at least a couple weddings where I was doing the food and the flowers and the setup and, you know, I did the whole thing. So, um, but that was something I was doing kind of freelancing. So when we got married, I had always wanted to have, a, like, I really just love the idea of a flower shop or a housewares or whatever. And, um, we, I don't know, it seems crazy now when I think back on this. Look, my husband and I are the same age, but I gradu- graduated from college, and he had a community college degree when he came to NSA. So we are the same age, but he, we got married after his freshman year, and I had graduated. So he graduated with two children, and he was painting houses, like, to support us. So he was full-time in college. We had two children. He was painting houses, and we had opened a business downtown. (laughs) And I was mostly, I was manning that, the shop and the flowers and doing all this stuff. And um, it was really fun. And we, it was open for four years. So talk about the shop. It was such a fun shop. Uh, It was called La Bella Vida. It was just a downtown. It was, we had flowers, and it was like housewares and flowers. Um, And it was a really good learning experience for me in so many ways. But one of the biggest of them being how many things you can't actually do just when you think of it doesn't mean you actually have the time to do it. Like, sure. Where you're like, oh, I'll just do, you know, I remember feeling like the day we were opening, I just couldn't even believe how not ready I was to open. <laughs> you know, like it was just like, oh my word, I can't believe anyone's going to see it like this. Um, but we did that for a while doing flowers and stuff. And then what happened is I was, I was six months pregnant with our first when we opened it. And so I would bring Lena with me to the shop. And so she was just with me all the time. Then we had Daphne. And I would also bring Daphne with me. And it was actually still pretty doable. Mm -hmm. But then when I had the twins, (laughs) it was no longer reasonable (laughs) sauce. Like, when you find yourself praying, when you own a floral shop and you find yourself being like, please, Lord, not another wedding. Like, not another thing that I need to do on a weekend that is a big deal. And we just realized it was it was no longer it was not feasible for me to have the the kids there. So what would end up is I was just not as involved as I needed to be to have it sure. really yeah. going. And it so was we never decided, on the table for you to farm the children out so that you could pursue no, your shop. No, not at all. And we had decided in advance that we would close it as soon as it became a if it ever was taking from our home more than overflowing from our home. home. Yeah, yeah, that we. And so we were just 
ready to be we were ready to wrap that up we were ready to be like okay it's time but it was really fun to do and sometimes people ask me if I would want to do that again and I I don't actually think I would want to do that again like something else maybe but here's the thing though is that like sure that was a different phase and you were interested in different stuff but in another sense your shop really was an overflow of your home because you were yeah well it was so the stuff you're selling there I mean this is Like, what was the goal of the shop? Well, I think the funniest thing that we did was put it on our store hours that it was closed Lord's Day. Yeah. said on the front door, closed on the Lord's Day. (laughs) Yeah, that was Um, cool. No, but I just mean, like, it was a shop that was geared to help women make their homes beautiful. Beautiful things, beautiful. I have a thing about, like, I think we, we had, like, cookbooks and lots of tea towels and aprons and pretty dishes and, you know, like things like that I guess um and I just enjoying the beautiful things it's kind of like I didn't we didn't knit dishcloths for the store because because right why would you why would I have done that yeah what would you sell no, a dishcloth for like, for how I'm still very much pursuing the same things in that's the what sense I mean that I'm weaving dish towels because I still love dish towels just like I've been a but I think what I'm I'm getting at is the idea of beauty in the home. I mean, you called it La Bella Vida, the beautiful life, right? It's about, yeah. like, pursuing beauty in a way that's glorifying to God. Right. In the space where God has put you. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I still, obviously, but bar, part of the reason we closed the shop was how much that could no longer be, it would be hypocritical. Yes. Like, well, what would I be doing down at the shop trying to make it look like I'm all about a beautiful home, but never actually baking bread in my own home, never doing the thing at home. And so my little entrepreneurial ventures were like ended. I mean, it was, it was oddly parallel because Mm -hmm. when the kids were little, I had actually just sort of hit the moment of thinking, Oh, my kids are like, you know, a few of them are in school. Judah is, you know, one or something, my youngest. And it felt like I really wanted to do design. I'd always yeah. liked that. And it felt like the right time. You know, it just mm-hmm. seemed like it was like, we're in a phase of life now where that makes sense. And so, and yeah, I'd had, I'd done other like random jobs before that, but it like starting a design business seemed really fun. So this was actually, it was around the same time you were doing the shop, Right. Uh, I would have been a little bit a after, little, but your was shop right. was open. Yeah, because if yeah. it was... Yeah. It was very close to so the end. So it was end. a little I bit after. it was after. at the end of the time with our shop. Probably. No, it wasn't because it was before we moved to England. It okay. was like... But anyway, that's... But matter. Lena was... Daphne was a baby. Mm-hmm. But the twins were not. Yeah. So, so yeah. anyway, I start this design business. It was little girls clothing, and it was partly because I had three little girls, and I had a hard time finding stuff that I liked. And anyway, it, it moved from... A clothing label to designing fabric because my ideal was to like design the fabric that I would then have the clothes manufactured out of. I was not, I was not sewing the clothes myself. I was having yeah. them manufactured, um, but I was doing all the pattern work and you know sourcing and yeah selling and all of that kind of thing. So I had a website and and uh, and it was really fun. It was really great. But then it hit this moment where it was either going to be I have to throw myself all the way into this, like all the way into right. this. And it was right at, like the business was kind of at the point where I think if I had chosen to do that, we could have really, it could have hit the next kind of phase. But my kids 
like when I had started it, they were all like little elementary school kids. But right. suddenly we were like, it's like upper elementary pushing junior high. And it's like, it's a very different kind of parenting. Very different. Where yeah. when the kids are little, you can be like, wow, neat. That's great. Look at that. Oh, good job. Look, but, mom's just still sewing, but, but you I can, still love you know that you mean? did that. Yeah. But then suddenly when you're having to be like, hang on. Wait, she said what to you at recess? Come back here. We need to talk about that. Yeah, you can't just go like, oh, us. neat, woo. Yeah, you know, like uh-huh. you have to be fully yeah, engaged. Totally. And they were starting to be like doing sports and things where it's like, do I ever want to show up in the bleachers and watch them do their thing? Yeah, totally. And I thought, how hideous would it be to to neglect my girls in the name of doing something for my girls? And right. Like I started this. Right. Because I love you. And then I'm still doing it because I don't anymore. (laughs) And so, like, and, you know, like, having to, for instance, we made lots of business decisions about, like, I'm not going to go to markets because it's always going to be on Sundays and I'm not going to travel away from my family in order to pursue a thing that supposedly is for my kids. And so, anyway, it just, it seemed like it was really the right time for a number of reasons to just back out and I felt like yeah there will always be things to be designed in the world but my kids will not always be this age and I really need to do this so then it became now I'm teaching at the school because that's where my kids are and I'm teaching my kids and I see them every day and and so it's very much like I am in that sense I am earning a paycheck now but it's because it's about my kids and and like if you were to catch me on a random weekend where I didn't have other commitments I would not be reading the Iliad for fun yeah. I would be sewing or painting or upholstering or something. But I really love that I'm doing, you know, classical lit. What Brit lit. Doing, yeah. I, I mean, it's a, it, it's a fascinating subject to me. I always like it. But it's like, that would never be... My first pick in my free moments would be to go and read right. some ancient literature. Right. And but one it's thing, great. And one it's thing for that my kids. I've been facing right now, or just needing to be self-conscious of, I guess, a little bit, is feeling like I'm coming out of the... In some ways, you feel like, oh, wow, like, Moses is almost two, and things are a lot more, like, I'm feeling more like I could do other things. You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, I'm starting, well, depends on the day you catch me on. (laughs) There might be moments where I'm like, what? I can never even get my house together. But there are other moments where I'm like, look, I can do things. But one of the things I'm having to be really aware of is that Moses is just two, like, like, he's little still. Yeah. Like, he still needs to be... I don't want to be shortchanging my last oh, child. Oh, yeah, isn't that... Because we're already moving up in our older... You know, our oldest is in eighth grade right now. We're, like, moving up. We're already... His life is quite a bit different than when our oldest was two. You know, like, yep. very different. But it is also, like, I just need to be conscious that I'm not done with the baby right. years and the little kid years. Right. Because... The momentum, the weight of our children's body has shifted yeah. to the older kids. Yep. And I'm like, but I still got some littles who still the need their is, mom to be like, at home and, and helping them with little uh-huh. things. And having the talk about the garbage truck that we've been having. Yeah. But it feels like um, women can often feel like they're they're squandering their talents. They're squandering their dreams because they're just home with little kids. And the thing is, is... Like, those little kids are the only work that you're going to do that really is eternal. Yeah. Luke says and that all the time, and it's so good. It's like, it's like these the are... only job you will ever do that will not get undone yeah. is the love that you give your children. And it's like, these are eternal souls. Like, these souls are going to 
they're gonna last forever one place or another (laughs) and so so my thought is like does does the fabric design like really desperately have to happen so much that my yeah. These little these little eternal souls can just go on the shelf for a while. I'm like, nope. it's like no, this is um you're not squandering, you know, yourself when you're giving it to to those this people. This ties into what we talked about last time about the Sabbath. But something that I have thought of is God gives us urges and desires and things that we would like to do. And some of the time, I really believe he gives it to us so that we have something to put on the altar. Like, yes. And I was like, I actually think that that burning urge that you have to do something that is actually not consistent with what you believe you're called to do right now mm-hmm. is sometimes just a gift from God so that you have something to give him. Like, yep. and, and the reason I said that this is connected to the Sabbath is we talked last week and I didn't mention this, but we talked about our approach to the Sabbath and how I've learned to just not like just let it go on the Sabbath even if it doesn't feel like it's going to be really restful Mm -hmm. but one of the funniest things to me is that how often on the Lord's Day I have an incredible burning urge to clean everything (laughs) like how often how often like like on a normal Tuesday do I normally feel that much like oh just let me add that laundry and let me mop that's what I want to do most in the whole world but I have this and I actually it has helped me to realize I think God gives me this so that my obedience I'm actually offering uh-huh. something to him yep. and that's it's true with things that you're like it's not my time to do this like yeah. even if it's really little stuff even if it's like this is not my time to meet friends for coffee and talk mm-hmm. about big books like yeah. this is not my time it's like well think of that this is a straight up gift that God gave you something that you can offer back to him yep. and say Lord I love you I want to be obedient of- I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get consumed by envy or getting you know yeah. what I mean like I'm offering yeah, this back that's very easy to envy women who are in a different phase than you are and yeah. feel like you're being ripped off rather than feeling like you are giving something to these little people in your house giving something that, to your that husband a nobody else can give them right that B can never be done later this is like the one <laughs> yeah. thing that is on a dead time limit like yeah. most other tasks yeah. you could come back around yeah. to but your kids are just they're just it's in motion it's yeah. happening and it's sort of like um, obedience is always right now. It's never, you can't, that's the one you can't postpone. And so mm-hmm. I do think that, like, that, that often I think women can think, but I have these talents, I have these dreams, I have these desires. My husband gets to do what he loves, so it's time for him now to sacrifice for me so that I can pursue right. my dreams. Rather than, I mean, and that's just such a goofy way of looking at life. Um, we're not seeing the difference in roles, not seeing what your actual calling is. Your calling is not to fulfill yourself. That's not what God, so that, God has called so, you to. So I'm writing a book about I, Christian identity. This is a thing. Yeah. And I'm not writing it fast enough, but okay. I am writing but it. But you are writing it. I am it. writing okay. it. But one of the things that I think it's like, it's like the endless mirror thing where you're like in a room where you're, you know what I'm talking about. It's like a nesting issue. Okay. Because you become more like what you worship. Mm-hmm. We're made in the image of God. Yes. When we worship God, we become more like ourselves. Yes. Like the more we just totally subject ourselves to worshiping God, then we are actually becoming more and more like what we were made in the image of. So we right. are more and more. That is your fundamental path to to your own confident identity is yes. obeying God. But as soon as we start 
trying to worship ourselves, we're becoming more and more like this lost and vacant thing. Like it's an incredibly yeah. difficult, like if you think of it real, at a really well, fundamental level, you have an altar that you're trying to put yourself up on and you're trying to be both the idol and the worshiper. You're trying to be, you're trying to worship yeah. yourself and be worthy of praise. Well, and the thing is, is that you're totally insufficient on both fronts <laughs> because you're not, you're flawed, you're a hot mess. So worshiping yourself is off the table if you have any kind of realistic understanding of yourself. Like, which, uh, which is why I think social media is such a handy tool for so many people. Well, they're like, oh look, I think I, I can, look pretty hot in this. I can I could curate just go, yeah. myself. I can right, put up this little Right, but because shell. I'm trying to worship myself. But the thing is, is that what you're talking about, the only way it can look worthy of any kind of worship is when it's a lie, when it's false. <laughs> yeah. And so, it's static. That's the other thing. Yeah, it's, it's frozen it's like, in time where the lighting was right. It's a picture right. that I airbrushed, and now it can stay like that right. forever. And it, But it's like the only way that you can see yourself as something worthy of that kind of worship is when it's fake. Yeah. But when you worship something fake, you become increasingly fake yes, and do. hollow and shallow yeah. and lost. And it's like, so then you have to try harder and harder well, to try to drum up a suitable idol. Where it's, it's the like, gospel paradox of he who wants to save his life right. will lose it. You're like, the more you think you've got to be on that pedestal, the worse it gets. <laughs> like, the more you think only God, like only God there, and I'm worshiping him, the more yeah. solid your view of yourself is. Because the more solid you are. If like, you view yourself as um, as a gift that you are supposed to be offering and laying down for others and, and, and through those others, you're offering it to Christ. Like, if you think of yourself as that, you are the offering that you are laying down, out, yeah. that you're pouring out, then, then that actually totally changes all of your decision-making process. It also Rather changes. than thinking about what does everybody owe me because I have always had this dream. Right. I have always felt unfulfilled. In I my have... burning, shallow heart. Yeah. I've always and it's wanted like, to I've do sacrificed this. for him enough now. It's time, time for, for him, him to then. do it to me now. But one of the things that's amazing is you think, well, when we think of ourselves as the sacrifice, we think of ourselves as like, you think of yourselves more like the jug of oil that the widow yeah. was pouring, where right. God will continue to fill this up. When you are when you are pouring yourself out for Him and to glorify Him, you don't run out. And isn't there and, a great line in Lewis somewhere of I don't remember where it even is. Where oh, I think it's in that hideous strength where he says, um, like Jane offers some sort of insufficient prayer. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it was kind of her sort of half-hearted first step at obedience or something. Right. And Ransom says, um, he's saying it's not enough. It's not enough, but it's enough for now, sort of. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's in that context. But anyway, he says he always takes us as um, meaning better than we actually meant, sort of. Like, yeah. he always receives it better than we meant it so it's like if yeah. you he glorifies our pitiful worship just, yes if you just lay yourself down yes it will be pitiful like maybe mm -hmm. it's gonna be not very much but we well know, no like you could actually pour your life out and it would be a bad casserole it's possible <laughs> it is possible but, that you could be laying your life down so hard that what came yeah, out was a casserole with a hair in it oh <laughs> And the thing is, is that God would still be glorified in that. Because like, we know what 
we know what he does with two mites. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it is true that there's a humbling edge to being <laughs> the two mites. <laughs> to being like, Lord, I'm going to give you everything. Oh, shoot. Look at that. It wasn't very much. But, <laughs> but, the, but the trick is, he always knows if we actually are giving everything. Because think of Ananias and Sapphira. Well, there's true that there's, there's a lesson in there's that. There's a way of, of looking like you're giving something, but you're actually holding quite a lot back. I've had, I had this time where I had a girl over. I may have even told this story on the podcast. But I was starting to feel the very flustered feelings of Flustertown, where you're like, <laughs> please, I don't want anyone to come over right now. Like, this is such yeah. a mess. Like, the problems were dark. I don't remember what specifically they were, but the the, the theme song of my heart was sort of the problems on the level of a clogged disposal and like something in the laundry that doesn't Maybe smell some good. Cheerios floating. No, in the yeah, sink. like somebody accidentally threw a wet dish towel or a rag into the laundry, so oh, yeah. it has that funk going. It was it was not the time that I wanted to have anyone be on hand no. to witness me. No, no. no. And I was just not in the mood to have her over. In that moment, it wasn't that having her over was so awesome. Like, she wanted mm-hmm. to learn to bake bread or something, and we did that. But that but that moment where I had to lay it all down for God, knowing she was coming anyways. Yeah. Like, it's happening no matter what you do. Yeah. And, and I was like... And I, and she's coming and my bathroom won't be clean and probably, you know, like there's a lot of stuff going wrong here, but she's coming. And I had to have this moment with the Lord that was, Lord, make me what she needs, not what I want to give. Like, like, let me be willing to be the person with the funky smelling house if that will bless her because she was someone who really needed, like, she needed some help. She needed some support. And the thing is, is it wasn't that glorious, but it was all of me. Do you know what I mean? Like it was all of me because I had to lay it down because I had to be like, come on in. (laughs) I like, I'm so glad you were here when I was not glad you were here. You have to lay it down. You have to lay it down with a cheerful heart. Well, yeah, not, it's not sufficient to be like, come in because we're told that God loves you came a cheerful giver. Yeah, and and it was a moment where I'm like, well, it was neither that great of a sacrifice nor that great of a thing that happened, but it was something that I know honored God because it made me so broken. It made me be like, <laughs> I mean, I was having that kind of a time that's like, dang it, like I'm down having this, like I'm pretty for sure that what I'm supposed to do right now is not mind this. And there's a way. And I mind this right there's now. There's a way of weaseling out of those those moments by saying it wouldn't be a good testimony right now. Oh, big you know weasels. I mean? Big yeah. weasels. So I'm going to cancel mm-hmm. because it wouldn't be a good testimony. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a testimony to what? It wouldn't be a good testimony to me and well, my I have to say something amazing else. powers. This might be getting, this might be, well, there's been, there's been mighty few testimonies <laughs> to that lately. What? <laughs> But you know what well, I mean. When we yes. say good testimony, well, that's what, what do we, we mean? Kind of we mean. mean I'd like to to reflect well on myself, not well on the God I worship. Not well on Christ. Like, not yeah. well, not well on the God who gives me joy in spite of. This. But it's very often that we manage to conflate those two. Yeah, and we also do this weird. It's like when I look good, Christ looks good. <laughs> 
What he likes best is for me to be fashionable because that's my best foot Thin, for the gospel. Tan. Yeah, that's the best way that Basically, they, that's how I witness that's to the, the world. That's the only way the gospel can go forth. <laughs> and one thing that I that I want to say about that is that it was not like I guess that that whole situation was just it's I don't know how to explain this well. It's a complicated issue, I guess. You're like, what I'm actually doing is not that big. But I did commit to this because I knew that she needed it. And I committed to it for God-honoring reasons. I just thought at the outset that I would feel better about doing this. So the temptation for Christian women is to be like, it's good for other people to see my brokenness. Oh. But but this is the thing. That's the worst What she was seeing was not my brokenness. Because mm-hmm. I got it right with God. Yeah. Like, it was right. It was yeah. not broken anymore. But, so, it's not saying that it's good for them to see the dirt in my no, house. Because, because I'm so other... broken down. And it's good for them to see that I'm so broken. The point is, I was not broken when she came. And yeah. I would have been broken if my house was clean and I still had a bad attitude. And yeah. I would have been broken if my house was dirty and I still had a bad attitude. So... That brings up a different point, though, and this is another peeve on my list of peeves, and that is there is a a real, um, it seems like a sort of a movement right now of, like, women ditching all of those expectations. No, have your friends over to sit in the middle of your skipping pile that needs to be folded. (laughs) Basically, like, if it's real, if it's authentic... Then right. that's, you know, it's not this, like, stupid hypocrisy of cleanliness. And the thing is, is that that really is, I think, a serious ditch. When women stop trying and just embrace the grit. Yes. Yeah. No, and, it's terrible. And, and they say that this is the authentic Christian way. This is realer. But it's not it's real. It's not realer. What's no. real is that God actually gave me peace to give to her at a time. Like, like, and I think it's just important that you make it all the way through into... You may because, you need to push through that moment of brokenness and have it healed before you're sharing yeah. it with the Because this is the whole thing of there's always a ditch on both sides of the road because you are having to work through the like it's gonna be okay if she sees I life said and so a mess. I said earlier that I used to do events. Event yeah. coordinating. So my personal temptation yes. would be to treat common fellowship times as an event that I needed yeah. to put on with the right Like, like that I want this. So you laying yourself down in that instance was you having to give up your expectations and be okay with something. And be okay with the fact that I had other obligations and I didn't get told. But there's a lot of women who maybe have tendencies on the other side who laying themselves down means you need to clean this up. Right. Like you right, need right. to get in there and you need to sacrifice and you need to work hard and you need to get this And you done. need to care. You yeah. need to actually find it right. in yourself to care that what you do, like when you talk about it being a bad testimony, it's like, well, can your clean house be a bad testimony? Yes, yes it, can. it can. Can your dirty house be a bad testimony? Yes, yes it, it can. can. <laughs> like, what, like, can all, can your fatness be a bad testimony? Yes, yes it, it can. can. Can your skinniness be a bad testimony? <laughs> yes, yes, it can. can. The reality is that because it is more about are you right with God or are you not right with God that because there's actually there's ways of being self-absorbed on both sides every single time and the question is are you being self-absorbed right like what about your theology is there a way to have right theology but be just a holy terror to everyone absolutely and i think we've all met that genre of person and is there a way to react to that and be like theology is neither here nor there there is no truth but how you feel 
that where like there's ways on every direction yeah. to do it wrong. And so this is why it always and I think the heart of the issue is always who are you worshiping? Like and, and whose whose needs <laughs> whose needs are you preferencing first? And I yes. think if the answer is yourself because well, nobody can expect me to clean this house because it's just too difficult because what I about, have, you know. What about earlier? I took a personality test and it told me <laughs> that I that I am the kind of person who likes things to be mellow. Yeah. So because that's who I am and because I am clearly a snowflake on monumental yeah. levels that is this is how everything must be. God would not have made me that way if he did not want no, me because, to get it that way. Because one thing that's clear from scripture is God doesn't want us to ever change. He almost never gives us cause <laughs> to think we should change or cause no. to think that we are maybe not perfect as we are. Like he would never sanctification. <laughs> I've been like, man, have I ever been through needing to lay it down from being yeah. a person, from being a person whose initial instincts is that wouldn't it be awesome if we ironed the sheets all the time, uh-huh. which I did for a spell. I ironed them for a while. Ironed them up. Like, oh, we got to iron that. And, yeah. and um, yeah. being the person who liked to have the bed made perfectly with like the right light on in the room knowing yeah. that all everything was right and good and prepared for my heart's photo shoot with it like that I was like look look at me honor God with that see this, just, but that would be my impulse and God put me through the life that is look at the things that God cares about more like when I yeah. wanted the right lighting God wants the hearts to be right like yeah. he wants my children joyful like whether or not Can I just throw out that I was having this thought about the Bible reading challenge when you're trying to step it up in any area and right now it would just be like okay we're about to do this bible reading challenge we're trying to get through a good chunk Mm -hmm. of scripture every single day on a consistent basis right in order to just know that you have that sorted out you really have to figure out okay when am i going to fit that in like you need to have some kind of a schedule Mm -hmm. in mind and my my instinct is to immediately go to the best case scenario Mm. what would i enjoy doing like and basically it would if mean I, were to I think be it would super mean like holy and an addition on my house yeah that oh, had yeah. really good southern facing I'm windows and need a new wardrobe for this and there's gonna have, yeah and it'd have uh-huh. like beautiful coffee mugs we should have an espresso machine I could, yeah that yeah. you could sit there uh-huh. and it would be such a lovely experience <laughs> I could really get into it if that was the case <laughs> Surely that's all that stands between me and a great walk with God. But yeah, and so the instinct is to like picture like that's how it would have to be. It's like the like like if I was doing everything right, the the bedroom would look beautiful and it would be ambianced really well. Right. And that's what that's what a good testimony or honoring God would that's what devotion would look like. That's how I would be at peace with God. Yeah. Just so chill. And it's kind of like if you think about back on the Bible or anything, if you think about um, God, <coughs> excuse me. God's word is food, feeding us. It would be like how ludicrous would it be to say, "Well, I can't eat ever until I have the perfect, mm-hmm. beautiful, perfectly set table with lovely food with the right." I will not compromise. I won't compromise. Mm-hmm. I'll starve to death over it here. It would be in the better corner. if I had no energy at all to ever do anything, right? Than that I would right. sully myself with some box mac. <laughs> So, but it can be like that where you have this, this ideal thing in mind that you're not willing to lay down. So you actually end up missing the whole 
everything. Yeah. Like all of it. Absolutely. Um, right. But look at, we've we run should, on. we should stop and we should have a tip. You have Do a we tip? have time? I have a tip, but I also have to be somewhere <coughs> in like eight minutes. Sorry. All right. So, we'll do it fast. Okay. Tip. Oh, my tip. When I find my children leaving messes around the house, they're old enough. It's sort of like the biblical principle of restitution, but done much faster. When they leave a big mess, like say someone potholder looped and they left potholders all over mm-hmm. the couch and under the couch and the bin Built of a loops. house of cards and then and then left, left it. it. Yeah. Any of anything like that. So I will locate who did it. Like whose work was this? And <laughs> who's then, the villain? This is all cheerful. I need to say this is a cheerful this thing. This could be done really snarky bad. Yeah, it's not that. So well, I just take my word for it that I'm not snarking at my children. I'm like, hey, was it you that turned all the dining room chairs upside down and put a blanket on top of them? <laughs> it's like, who did that? And I was like, oh, that was me when I was playing with this. I'm like, okay, fix it. And then you owe me 10. And 10 it would be like 10 minutes of work because you left something it's just it's just like you left a major thing for me to need to clean up apparently sure. although I made you do it but you left <laughs> uh, apparently you left it for me but after that you owe me 10 minutes of just chipping in right and they all think it's funny and if there's any time that they don't do a good job with that if there's any time that they're slow on the uptake of their 10 minutes mm-hmm. then we don't really discuss it, but I will add more time. Oh, I'll just yeah. say, oh, look, a five minute, but it never really happens. They just think yeah. it's funny when oh, that's, that's happening. Great. But it, it helps, it helps with the concept of you're leaving things for mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did that's you have a tip? Cool. Well, I thought earlier we were going to tip oh, about that's something right. else. But then I you said, just went yeah. that direction with it. Sorry I about that. Know. Let's come nothing. back next week. Yeah, I'll have a brilliant I think next time we're going to talk time. about body image. Because we were supposed to talk Are about we? that this week. I think maybe we will. And setting a table. Whoa. You've, you've just put oh, together just an kidding. agenda for next week. <laughs> now the question is, will we recall that? I don't know. You guys, this will be a pop <laughs> quiz. A pop quiz. Do we touch on these issues next week? We don't know if we will. We'll see. All right. I got to go. All right. You all have a good week. We'll see you another time. All right. Farewell. Bye. New St. Andrews College thanks you for listening.